Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is Anthony C. Ferrante, director of Sharknado. Hi, this is the voice of BattleBots, Mark Biro. This is Seth Shostak, senior astronomer at the SETI Institute. Hi, this is Brad Steiger. Hello, my name is Matt Simon. I am a science writer at Wired Magazine and author of the new book, The Wasp That Brainwashed the Caterpillar. This is Frank Joseph. I'm the author of an essay in the latest book, Lost Secrets of the Gods. Hi, this is Linda Godfrey, author of American Monsters. Hello, my name is Robert Salas. I'm the author of Unidentified, the UFO Phenomenon. Hi, this is Nick Redfern, the author of Close Encounters of the Fatal Kind. Hi, my name is Bob Luca. And my name is Betty Andreessen Luca. Hi, this is Jesse Krupas, the producer of JFK, The Smoking Gun. Hello, this is Marty Langford. I'm the director of Doom, the untold story of Roger Clemens of Fantastic Four. Hi, this is Kevin Randall, author of Alien Mysteries, Conspiracies, and Cover-Up. Hi, this is Tracy Roberts, founder of Positive Autistic. I'm Jeremiah Bomek, the producer of The Real of Horror. Hi, my name is Bill Hall, author of The World's Most Haunted House. Hi, this is Micah Hanks, and I'm the author of the book The Ghost Rockets. And you're listening to Emmy on the Graveyard Shift Talk Show, blogtalkradio.com. And, and 
for everyone else, for all the millions in attendance all over the world and all of our fans in Sweden, Australia, Scandinavia, wherever the heck you are, welcome to the show. Guys, guess what? I've got one heck of a treat for you. You know, we've got Halloween right around the corner, and it just wouldn't be Halloween without talking about spooky stuff. Oh, my God, I'm so scared. And, you know, what is more spooky than talking about ghosts and goblins and shadow people and, ooh, and Mandela, like, ooh. And, you know, if you're going to talk about these things, you got to have an expert, right? And, of course, who better to have as the expert of experts than the king, the paranormal king himself, Brad Steiger. Now, look, for those of you who are very truly unfortunate and are not aware of who Brad Steiger is, first of all, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Are you, do you need something? Do you need, like, aspirin or something? I'm sorry. No, really, look, look, Brad, first of all, he's a very dear friend of ours, of mine, of the show. He was one of our very first guests uh, way, way, way back in time and – Good Lord, I don't even remember what year that was, 2002, 2003, I can't remember. And Brad has also been on television a lot. Pretty much any paranormal documentary you've seen, if they ever put an expert on, it's him. Um, him and his wife, Sherry, have written, I mean, really a ridiculous amount of books. I mean, like 170 or something like that. It's ridiculous. You go to any major bookstore, I, you can pretty much find something that the guy wrote or at least contributed to that's in this genre. And not just this genre, by the way. Did you know that he was consulted for, for the movie The Day After Tomorrow? Him and Art Bell. And Art Bell, of course, is one of the, the major contributors of that film. But Brad also was consulted for that film. And a lot of other stuff, too, like with Contact, they consulted him and uh, you know, pretty, a lot of other stuff. So we're, we're very, very honored and deeply touched that Brad holds us in such high regard. Um, I mean, I couldn't ask for a better, a better compliment than what he gave me when I was speaking with him. Now, it's a pretty long interview, and I don't want to take too much of the time tonight. Now, I know a lot of you are watching us on our Facebook feed, so this is what I'm going to let you guys in on. If you want to listen to the actual interview, what I'm going to do is I'm going to – the link is right there. All you have to do is open a new tab, go to, w, go to the link, or you can go to www.blogtalkradio.com slash the graveyard shift. That's right, Jay. Yes, thank you, JS. That's true. Uh, so that once again, that's www.blogtalkradio.com slash the graveyard shift. And the episode should already be populate the top. It should already be, you know, whenever there's a, a live episode of whichever you're listening to, it usually just populates right there. And you can listen to the interview that way. If you don't want to do that, if you don't, you know, if you don't want to open a new tab, whatever, and you, if, if you don't mind waiting after I'm done, after the episode is done and the, and the feed is over, I will be resharing the episode from the Blog Talk Radio servers, and you can listen to it. And, of course, you can always hear any of our archives on iTunes. I think we're on Spreaker as well. And I want to see we're on Spotify, but I'm not 100% sure. And uh, a whole bunch of other places. I, I know we have, uh, believe it or not, we're, on, we're in Sweden in one of their audio sites, but I, I, I don't understand the language. So I would share it with you, but I don't, I don't know what it says. But anyway, um, so I, I'm going to go ahead and share the interview with you guys now. I'm going to play it on our Blog Talk radio servers. I hope that our Facebook audience can listen in. Um, I will basically be up and about. I mean, if I, I'm going to be watching the chat feed, if you guys have questions, I'll, I'll be responding either through the phone or well, that's obviously how I'm recording myself or on the chat. Okay, so anyway, I'm talking too much. Here it is. The Brad Steiger interview. I will be back towards guys. Enjoy. Hi there, everybody. This is Emmy with the Graveyard Shift Talk Show. And do I ever have a spooky Halloween treat for you? We have a returning guest who is an absolutely very dear friend of ours and of the show. One of our very first guests and uh, pretty much the most famous paranormal author, and, period, Mr. Brad Steiger. Now, for those of you who are unfortunate enough to maybe not know as much about Brad, let me introduce you to him. 
He's a very world-famous author of over 175 books with over 17 million copies in print. His titles include (laughs) – I mean, this is only a very small portion – Mysteries of Time and Space, Real Ghosts, Restless Spirits, and Haunted Places, Conspiracies and Secret Societies, The Complete Dossier, Touched by Heaven's Light, American Indian Medicine Powers, Strangers from the Sky, Project Blue Book. Now, Brad, he's been around for quite a long time, and I'm sure those of you out there, all of you shifties out there that um, have listened to other shows, I'm sure you've heard him. And tonight we're going to talk about some little bit of a new thing, a little bit of new books that he's going to come out with. But first of all, I want to welcome him to the show. Brad, how are you doing, sir? Well, I'm doing just great, and it's so, I can't tell you how delightful to be connected, reconnected with my friend. Oh, I, so I, you know, we we have talked about you and we've wondered about you so often. Wow. And Emmy, it's just uh, great to even hear your voice again. Oh wow! You wild and crazy guy. <laughs> you know what? I love you so much. Thank you so. You know, I, I, it's true. We, it's been a long time since we've chatted and. Um, you know, it's like I told you, I, there's really no excuse for it, and um, it just sometimes life happens, and you just have to kind of go with the flow, but I'm so, so happy that we got connected and back back again, and, and you know, it, it, it just, it didn't feel the same. The graveyard shift didn't feel the same without your, <laughs> without your wise voice, uh, Brad, it just didn't feel the same. <laughs> both right now i know is sherry working on anything else uh that you want to pitch in or before we get started here well not presently she's not uh we're in the process of a move as well and we were just we're on a nice little lagoon fed oh. by a creek all is it, time is it a blue and lagoon it, must, <laughs> it is any color you want my friend <laughs> And we were just counting the geese, you know, are flying south, and there must be, oh, I don't know, how can you count them, because they move around. And we were just having a ball a few minutes ago, uh, watching the geese come and go. They are such majestic creatures, They you really know. are, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm just saying, so that's where we're living now than where we were before. In fact, I think we've moved twice since we've talked to you. And we're we've uh, we haven't moved all of our stuff yet, but we're living here in, in this new address, and and um, we hope to hear more from you and get our uh, connection humming again. Oh, you will, you will. I promise it's going to be a lot more updates to come. And uh, I just informed Brad of our new family, our our new you know more additional members of our family and everything, so he knows all about it. And uh, he's pretty excited about the graveyard shift coming back, so that's wonderful. Um, yeah. So let's um, let's talk. So now this is you're you're kind of you know with you it's you're always in the news. You're always in the weird, wacky news, of course. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I'm I, I, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Now uh, I now with this one though you're kind of in the news again because you there's some compilations that have been now are they are these compilations already out and just so everybody knows this is what I'm talking about is real nightmares is coming out okay and there's four of them there's real nightmares okay here we go alien strangers and foreign worlds uh, ghastly and grisly spooks um, and okay secret schemes and conspiracy cabals 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 mm-hmm. There we go. Cabals. Cabals, thank you. Uh, and freaks, fiends, and evil spirits. And again, this is all under the same real nightmare. So now, Brad, I think you were you were mentioning to me now, the, these are just compilations. Are they going to be part of one book or separate? Or how, how do these work now? No, these are like kind of, um, oh, what should we say? Teasers. Teasers, I suppose. Each All the stories are complete in themselves. I should make that clear. So you're not going to get a, you know, you read a few pages and then, and then buy the book. You know, no, these are all complete. They were chapters or many chapters in books, and it's kind of like uh, uh, the the 
the publisher said they wanted to give everyone a spooky Steiger Halloween. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, he and some members of the staff got together and they went through my, oh, I think he's published 12 of our books now at least, and just selected ones, particular ones that they thought were eerie or creepy or kind of fit the whole Halloween. And then surprise, surprise, Brad, four books by you are coming out at Halloween, <laughs> which is a nice surprise. I guess you could say that was their trick for you. Yeah, a, yeah, trick or treat. But, but yeah. it's a treat for us, uh, right. It's a treat for us, though, because we get to read more from, from the famous Brad Steiger. So, Thank you. Of Thank course, you. of course. Now, you know, th- it's interesting because, you know, with me, um, of, of course, a lot of you know and, and that I'm I'm really a big fan of UFOs and well, really, any all of the paranormal subjects. But what's what's interesting to me is that um, Brad, a lot of what what you were what you've been talked or spoken with about, my words are not good today, is um, shadow people. And I think mm-hmm. Art. I think one. I think it was either Art Bell or George Nori that on Coast to Coast, which is a, also a good friend of ours, uh, sister. Sure. And they they discuss this with you. And th- these this is a subject that you discuss quite extensively throughout your many books. And I was curious if you've are there any new is there any new information that you've come across or anything that you've discovered that you that you can let us know about? I mean, I know I'm, I'm kind of jumping in here, but I just I, I no no no. I mean, when you jump, you always know where you're going to land. Don't you kid me? <laughs> and, and I always get <laughs> you knew you were going to you knew you were going to land on just some new information that's there coming in. There you go. Intuitively, you're you're a genius. You know that. Oh, you're too too much. You're too sweet. Thank you. As your as are you, sir? Well, the shadow people, of course. This this to me went all the way back to our work with uh, Native American and the tribes. And suddenly, suddenly, nothing happens suddenly, but it seems because it comes into your awareness suddenly and you find out something that's going on for a thousand years, but it's new to you. Okay, so shadow people then suddenly um, became something that people were talking about, something that people were seeing. And we have to be careful because we then kind of bump shoulders with Slender Man. Yes. You know, yes. Uh-huh. Uh, those, those poor girls. Oh, uh, at least so, they're not going to prison. But I mean, they did kill a, one of their friends. Yep. But they didn't really know what they were doing. They were so involved in this. Now, Slender Man isn't slowing down, regretfully. Oh, there's but a getting back to shadow people. Uh, is this? I, I I think I well I know I have told you, but just to refresh that, sure. I grew up in a haunted house, right? And it had been the old stage stop, and uh, like my sister and I decided, there are a lot of passengers who who missed their stage and were still hanging around in our house because we would see them at night. But one of the things we would see is the just the shadow of someone moving around. So as Sherry and I began to explore with the Native people, we both feel very strongly about the Native American uh, uh, modality and belief structures and so forth. And Sherry herself is uh, part um, uh, Chippewa. So she has, you know, an, an extra passion. But we... We're told that, you know, if you look over your shoulder, your left shoulder, and there's a shadow, you must beware. If you look over your right shoulder and there's a shadow, it may be you should listen because he has come with a prophecy. Hmm. Well, unfortunately, uh, so many people now, and no one can really, at least I can't, I marvel and marvel how certain belief structures seem to resurface. I mean, you've known as that in sure, in sure. Uh, yeah, in different you know songs become popular, a kind of song or a kind of clothing becomes popular and and then fades out again and so forth. So people begin reporting these shadow people. Some have stories of terror, 
Some are just curious. Some see them walking around their homes, and some people associate them with UFOs, but most don't. Most don't. They seem to be somehow, as with many entities, rooted for some reason in some home, some domicile or some um, tavern or hotel. Um, we'll have a new book coming out next Halloween, Emmy, <laughs> on ghosts. Okay. And one of them will be uh, hotel ghosts. I mean, the, the guests who never leave. And there are a surprising number there of is. hotels. Yeah, yeah I, I know. I am so glad you're doing that because that's one thing I've been noticing is on all these books that I've been reading, who you've written, and you know Nick, Nick Redfern. You know, I know you. You know who he is, and oh yeah, uh, oh yeah. You know, and a lot of other people have written. Um, one of the things, one of the common, you know, mainstays, if you will, is this this phenomenon of hotel spirits and hotel paranormal experiences. And it's funny how you were mentioning how these shadow people or whatever. They are kind of connected or, you know, rooted to actual locations. And it's kind of the same thing with these ghosts, with well, with these hotel ghosts. And in some cases, they're rooted to actual rooms. Like yeah, they oh, yes. They won't leave yes. the room. And it's amazing. No. You know? No. And, yeah. And uh, now, and then there are uh, the uh, shadow people. We're going back to hotels now. Sure. That that haunt the hallways. Yep. They don't seem to have a room. They they're seen in the hallway. Well, they're looking and, for the ice machine, Brad. You know, it's it's hard. To well, maybe them. they are. Maybe <laughs> they are. <laughs> they might be. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like you know, you get thirsty, you know. <laughs> but but I I hear from people who who have begun working. Yeah. In a in a hotel, and they just say I I just couldn't take it. I know there are no such things as ghosts, but you're going to have to tell the entity that chased me down the hall night after night that he doesn't exist. Right. I mean, exactly. it, so people are becoming more acquainted with the concept, but, you know, the the kind of the thrust of the new book, Emmy, is what is a ghost, really? What yeah. is a ghost, Really? Yeah, and it's, that's true. We explore it, and I've asked uh, several of my colleagues, like Nick, uh, and others, to um, uh, also many of the guys. You know, some have their own uh, TV shows and so forth, but who have just uh, spent their lives, as I have, exploring this phenomenon. What what is, what is it really? What are we really facing? And of course, we have to look at the survival question: Are these spirits of the dead or are these multi-dimensional beings uh -huh. that assume to us or to the percipient of the phenomena a familiar shape but you know i growing up as i said none of i didn't have any negative experiences with the entities it got tiresome sometimes and sometimes you jumped and there was pounding on the wall or doors opened and closed but you know you get used to anything you know and nothing harmed us in fact my mother I know in another way, <laughs> lifetime she could have been a medium uh, there was one particular woman who would come to her from time to time one of the passengers that got left behind or missed the, missed the stage and give advice. Uh, we're farm family, and when to harvest, or, or when, or there's a big storm coming up, you better get the corn in, or the crop will be destroyed. Uh, she carried on a regular communication with her. So, was that? No, she didn't recognize it as uh, any of her forebears who had passed. Now, again, uh, I'm totally sympathetic to the whole immigrant thing because you know we were immigrants we came from the old country scandinavia and uh, the entire farm section where i lived all the farms from our place all the way to town 
was the same family, really. Right, and right. if we had stayed, you know, in in the rocky shores of Norway, we, we would, I mean, we didn't have the opportunity. So we were really, I I love that how families are unified, but yet, of course, we always entered into the whole. Uh, population of the of the community near us and so forth but I you know people will say well yeah but you know you grew up with uh, a belief in the Hulda folk and the Nyssa and the Trolls and all of those things but you know it wasn't like uh, like this was a uh, religion to us these were just things, you know, that we recognized. And in some cases, like in the new book, I have some newspaper accounts even from the 1880s where it appears, you know, some of the Hulda folk and the Nyssa and so forth really did come with the immigrants. The, the uh, what what shall we say, the special uh, nature spirits. That's really sure. what they are. That's good. Yeah, or or earthen. A lot of people call them earthen spirits. Right, right. They decided, okay, you know, if the family's immigrating, we're part of the family, and they came with. You know, so. Yeah. You know, and it's and it's funny because it, you're touching on something very interesting here. Because it, it's a, it's also a cultural thing, you know. It's a, exactly oh, yes. what you just said. It, every culture has their own specific, very exclusive spirit or spiritual phenomena. You know, like for me, you know, we're Cuban. You know, I grew up that my my family was very, very into this kind of stuff. Although some of the it was taboo, but right, things, right, you know. Um, uh, oh boy, I'm about to lose it here. Uh, el, um, como se dice, not the chupacabra, but the um. The duende, the duende, and yeah, you know yeah. the duende has different different definitions even within my own my own uh, race or whatever you call it. You know, like some some of us call it the ghost, and some of us it, it's a goblin that steals children. And, right. You know, that, right. Yeah, and it's like even now, even nowadays, when I ask my mother about it, I can it, you know it's funny, Brad, that there's there is a a very real, very palpable sense of tension. Like it, mm-hmm. like it, like mm-hmm. it happened to her, and and I even asked her once. I said, "Mom, did you ever see one?" And and she says in Spanish, "Mira, mijo, no me habla de eso. You know, don't talk to me about that." I'm like, "Come on, did something happened. What is it? <laughs> you know." But you know, one of those, it's one of those things that you know you don't want la chancla, you know, the the sandal, so you stop. And <laughs> but you know, it's true. It's it, it's really true. There is so many specific things, and and it makes you wonder. Um, and forgive me for this, guys, but it, it's true. And I know Brad will back me up on this, but it makes me wonder how much of it is real, how much of it really is happening to the person, how much is a group hallucination, how much of it is, you know, environmental things kind of, I don't want to say pushing, but helping the belief along. And then you kind of have to just, I don't want to say be skeptical, be open-minded, but also be realistic and practical. Right, right, right. Right, like when I was speaking with um, Linda Godfrey, who is really big into dogmen and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm. you know, I asked her. I said, you know, how how much of these things that people are seeing, even yourself, um, you know, and I, I'm saying this with all respect, how much of them can we really say, you you know, what that's just a really mangy dog, or or maybe it's just a, a mastiff. You know, those those ma- mastiffs are huge. You know, massive. I mean, my wife. Yeah, I mean, my wife worked at a PetSmart, and her job was literally to wash dogs. And she would tell me horror stories of these things. She she would tell me this thing walked in, and she wasn't even sure if it was a dog. How freaking big it was! (laughs) I I mean, I mean, yeah, and I mean, look at the Great Danes. If you, if it, yeah, yeah, just let's. Take a little trip in my imagination for a little bit, uh, and here I'll give you a cord so you'll be safe. You have a rope that you can pull from, and just think about you're you're at it's at night, and you see a you know think of how a Great Dane looks. Okay, now mm-hmm. if you were to see this form, and it's nighttime and you see the moon, can you honestly tell me that if you just looked really quickly at that animal, that it wouldn't just for even a moment? Maybe it would register as some kind of dog person or even a werewolf. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like it's that big. Yeah, to to me, you know, it would at least have to be walking on its hind legs before I'd give it a second look. Right, right. And, and that can and, happen. I can see that. Uh huh. 
Uh-huh, uh-huh. No, these, you're absolutely right. And, and as you know, try to make that point in all of our books, you know, is that belief can save us, it can keep us sane, it, but belief can also be the enemy in some cases. Yes. And, and we have to learn balance. We have to learn that. And certainly there may be truth to the beginning of a phenomena. And let's face it, the most powerful thing that we possess as human beings is our imagination. Yes, yes. If it weren't for our imagination, we'd still be, you know, grunting around in the rocks with clubs, you know. Well, well, some of us still are, Brad, I think. <laughs> <laughs> if you watch the news, you know. <laughs> you, you said it. You said it, not me. <laughs> I won't go any further than that, but just, you know. No, no. We, we'll uh, we, we'll uh, cause a detour at that point. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But but that's that's an interesting thing, you know, is is that the old traditions may be kept alive by our thought forms that each of us have, whether we admit it or not. Yep. I have met, you know, having taught in college and high school and so forth, and, and I have met some who individuals who say they're not superstitious, they're not this, and they don't believe this, and they don't believe that, and then I have had late night calls from that same person there's something in my room what is it could it be you know and, and and you recognize that everyone has in the back of his mind the belief that a shadow person is near or could be near sure or could be visiting for lord knows what reason who knows so all of these things conspire to make us who we are and drive us on to pursue certain areas that we can't call them superstition as a blanket some yes are superstition i myself i don't think i have any superstitions because you know all the things that people say oh do this or do that you have to do that nah i mean i'm too much of a rationalist for that but I have seen, I have experienced. I, I, I told Sherry, I, I can't even convey the fear that I felt as a 14-year-old being alone home in our farmhouse. Suddenly the doors fly open. Hmm. Furniture is tossed around. Oh, my gosh. Uh... My dog is right there going insane, barking. Uh, she was a marvelous dog. She was, from time to time, a disease in the country wipes out dogs, and we actually tracked and ran down a wild dog. <laughs> and once we tamed it, of course, it would, I mean, it was the most fierce protector you could imagine. But that... Queenie was fighting everything, and and you know, out of silly deliberation, I ran up and got my Winchester 22, and then I and I said, "Stop, stop, or shoot!" And I thought, "What am I going to shoot? I can't see anything. <laughs> the furniture is just tipping over, and the falls are thudding." Your dog must have been like, "Look, just don't shoot me. That's all I ask." <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I. It's so strange. I wrote about that experience in a book about dogs because I love dogs. Sherry loves dogs. So we've written a couple of books about dogs. And I included that, you know, how, what was the incredible thing and just left it completely objective so people could respond however they want. Right. And this is now like 50 years after I graduated from college. But my college roommate read it and said the exact same thing had happened to him when he was a boy on the farm. And I wonder if there's something about, here we go now, yeah. the out of doors, the nature spirits, the uh, entities that may have been there before. I mean, there could have been um, 
murders and slaughters and and everything on where now stood our farm you know yeah we we would know that so all of these things are real but we have to keep a sound balanced mind as to when we truly divine that they are real and when they can be tricks of our imagination. Right, right, exactly. And, you know, and that beautifully, you know, kind of segues into a subject that I've been talking on the show about very, very uh, uh, frequently, which is of the Mandela effect. And I was mm-hmm. curious if you if you were familiar with this, and if so, what is your – I really want to know what your take is on this thing. Well, just – Define what you mean, and I may have made uh, sure, something sure. different. My, that is my apology. I'm sorry. Uh, well, the Mandela effect is kind of this phenomenon that's been happening, and if you if this makes if this gets you into it, I am so sorry. But it's basically it's a collective misremembering of things, and it's what yeah. happens when, like for example, um, one of the recent Mandela effect. Well, actually, the way that it all started out was that everyone seemed to recall that Nelson Mandela died in prison. And right. that wasn't that wasn't the case. He didn't die in no. prison, right? No. And see, and some people remember it that way, but others, a lot of others, including myself, don't. Like we have this very vivid recollection of him actually, like it being in the news and everything of him dying in prison, and and it's been it, it's and that's nothing. That's just one of them. Another one right. is like, for example, from our childhood, reading about the Berenstain Bears. And how the mm-hmm. Berenstain, the word Berenstain was spelled a certain way, and we remember it being spelled this way through our childhood, and all of a sudden it's been changed. And it's been changed like kind of like Back to the Future style. And now it's and now this is like going into movies even where where like even the Forrest Gump quote, he doesn't say life is like a box of chocolates. He says life was like a box of chocolates. And we swear up and down he didn't say it like that. Mm-hmm, and, it's, mm-hmm. it's just, and then it's going into the whole JFK thing, and it, it's just – this thing is just going everywhere. I mean it's just kind of going – it's like an octopus. It's going – and it's kind of like a, a mind blow kind of thing because it, it's like what's going on in it. I mean even some of our viewers think there's some kind of dimensional kind of parallel dimension thing happening where maybe – you know, we're getting, which quite frankly, I think in a lot of these cases, it's just really, it's just false memory. And, you know, uh, but it's, it, this thing has become kind of a beast, and it's it's become the new paranormal topic. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I kind of, I wasn't sure if you had heard of it, but. Oh, I yes, to, yes. Yeah. And I, I agree. And, and I, in a couple of months, will be 82. No, and I. I am going to be 82 now. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh! I am able to perceive when I listen to friends talk that no, it it didn't happen that way. Right. And you know, especially in in our field, I hear you know. And then remember how that entity you know knocked down knocked out a window and. No, rattled the window, but didn't knock it out. But, you know, people swear. And it's that trick of memory, whether you call it the Mandela effect or, or whatever word you're using. The Mandela is, of course, the current vernacular. But it, it, it's something we have to watch. And I, I don't know unless you have taken notes or written things down the way, you know, us uh, uh, habitual writers do write everything down or take notes every day and so forth, uh, you don't really have a record. And sometimes, you know, you get in really kind of salty debates and arguments with your friends who remember things a certain way. And and like you say, the cultural thing, now, I kind of blame it because I'm an old fogey now. I kind of blame it on the Internet and and the uh, social media because you will see so many interpretations of the same act. And, you know, we have individuals who are sorely abusing the Internet and some of its tools to convey things that turn out to be total lies. 
but then convincing because people see it and because so-and-so said it, it's true. I think mass communication, Emmy, is getting more difficult than ever before. Yes, yes, I agree. And I think social media is a big uh, uh, cause for that. I think that's I do, too. Of, yeah. I mean, it used to be – I mean, I remember this. You know, I'm old enough to remember this. That it didn't used to be like this. It used to be that if you wanted to speak with someone, okay, youngsters, here we go. You wrote them a letter, or mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I was I was in the first test group. I don't I don't think Brad knows this, but I was in the first test group of the of the eastern seaboard or or the eastern part of the of the United States when I went to Florida State. I was a part of the test group for the first email uh, cross overseas. And no, I didn't know that. Yeah, it, it was actually it was kind of it was kind of fun. Um, we were, you know, uh, I went to Florida State in like the early '90s, and you know, email was around, but it wasn't really as quick as it is now. You know, it would actually take like maybe a day, you know, to get from. I know that sounds crazy to some of you guys, but it's true. Email did not always used to be instantaneous. It actually would take some time to get from one spot to the other, mm-hmm. and um, you know, so they were testing. They they wanted volunteers. Very quickly, I'll just say this. You know, they wanted volunteers, and they asked if the students would want to be volunteers, and they would, you know, give us like, you know, I don't know, like a free food coupon or something. And listen, when you're a student, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, right, exactly. right. Do I even need to go any further? I mean, you're a college student, free food, okay. You know, sure, sure, inject me, go ahead. You know, so you know, so basically, we did it, and it was fun. It really was fun. We got to we got to actually share email with CERN. So I, I uh, somewhere in CERN, there's a file, and one of these days I want to go over there, and and my name is there, and I oh, really? see it. I'm ah. I am in I am part of CERN somehow. So um, that was always fun. But but you know the reason I brought that up is because it didn't used to be. You know now we are so connected visual vir- ugh, virtually that we've lost the physical tangible connection. You know we've exactly. forgotten that we are actually human. And, you know, I think maybe, I don't know, maybe that's what's happening with all this stuff. You know, we're, we're maybe the, maybe part of all these, the Mandela effect and, and all that stuff, maybe it has something to do with that. Maybe it's we've lost so much of our humanity that we're starting to lose our memories collect, collectively. Oh, yeah. Are you sure you're not turning 82 as well? <laughs> <laughs> I've been told that, actually. I've been told that. I take that as a compliment. <laughs> I know you meant that as that. So, I, bet, I meant it as a compliment, yeah. No, I know yeah. you did. I know you did. So, you know, and, and really, you know, not only that, but, I mean, with, with really with any genre, things, be, you know, things just pop up. And we get new topics and new things get blown into the conversation. Sometimes old topics get rehashed, like you mentioned. And one of them also that I wanted to discuss with you was mm-hmm. the the flat earth and really and how that <laughs> somehow i know i know i know i've know? seen it i've seen the right i've seen yeah oh let me tell you i just okay so i'm just gonna just come out and ask you brad do you believe the earth is flat uh i don't know if i ever believed that you know i it, uh, i i grew up in the prairies you know, and you could see so far, and then you didn't have to use your imagination right, right. to see that what it hit the horizon. You know, it just kind of. And I thought, nah, nah. If it were flat, it, it just keep going. You know? Right, exactly. And you know, I mean, I, it's, I mean, it's like I, I had a, a show about this, and we actually had a caller calling in that uh, obviously was against it, but it was really rather amusing. Because online, when um, when the 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 episode description got out, we actually had a debate online where people saying, "No, it's oh. flat, man." This, I'm like, dude, oh my gosh, have you ever seen the International Space Station feed? I mean, seriously. I mean, ah, oh. but anyway, incredible, really, incredible. It really, is, it really is. I mean, there's really guys. I'm sorry, but there's really not any further I can go with that. It just is not flat. Period. I'm I'm not gonna even give it any more time than that. Um, but what I would like to – I know I know we've been chatting for quite a while, but what I would like to speak with you briefly about is um, uh, part of your book or your new – these new books discusses right, one right. more, uh, The Hollow Earth. And I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've always been – I was just going to say, 
Maybe we should discuss the hollow earth at this point. You see how we're you see we're already reconnecting. You see? Yeah, we're reconnecting. I don't think we were ever disconnected. No, no, we weren't. No, we weren't. So if you can, can you talk to us a little bit? What is what is the hollow? For those of us that may not know, some of our viewers may not know what what is the hollow earth and what is what are your views on it? Well, it's you know you can't just dismiss the fascination with the hollow earth. Now, if you say I just can't accept it, well, you're in good company. But we we go back, you know, to so many of the ancient religions, the Agartha and and some of the Indian religions and and the Eastern religions that truly believed that there was this cave of the ancients that led deeper and deeper into a hollow earth, and there was a uh, magnificent, almost uh, blissful heaven awaiting people and people dwelling there were almost well they were kind of semi semi divine beings most of them so you can see uh how this has been a persistent legend uh you know the the nazis uh you know that at one time the scientists said you know if we find the opening to the hollow earth you know we'll have another advantage point to strike from right. And uh, this has gone on. So it really was set in motion when Ray Palmer, that wonderful editor of of several magazines, the uh, originator of uh, Fate magazine before Kurt and Mary Fuller took over, uh, he discovered this Richard Shaver who said that he had been kidnapped and taken below by the Pharaoh. Now, the Darrow were detrimental robots who inhabited the hollow earth. And the Shaver mystery took great, what shall we say, sway of the whole uh, science fiction world. Mm -hmm. And, well, no, excuse me, I have to erase that and correct that. He had sent it as a science fiction story. Right, right, right. Uh, but then Ray thought, you know, this is too good <laughs> to waste, and kept the Shaver mystery alive. And Ray even told me that when he went to visit Ray Shaver, I mean Richard Shaver, Ray said that he could hear voices talking from uh, somewhere in this uh, pipe to hollow earth or whatever. Wow. So this this caught on, and it has really kept a large mark in the metaphysical world. Not so much right now, but believe me, it'll surface again. And uh, many orthodox—I shouldn't say many—a number of orthodox scientists have recognized that indeed, when an Atlantis type earth destruction occurred that many of the survivors of that civilization went into caves. Hmm. Now we know that at the, especially when you were just a kid, when the whole Cuban crisis was on and we were I was teaching at that time, and we had to give instruction on how the kids could dive underneath their desks and right, so forth. Right, right. The, the, the bomb drills and all that, right. Right, right, right. So at that time, again, it was revived. And we know that huge caves were, uh, not I shouldn't say caves, tunnels and, and uh, dwelling places of of extreme sophistication were dug and created by our armed forces. And we we recognize that this could be a place of salvation if a great asteroid hit. And then others of a more pragmatic nature said, yes, but how could you survive? Could you really have enough food and water down there and when you came up and the earth was completely destroyed, how long? What would be 
had, have you increased the longevity of the human species by doing so? Right. But right. There, there are all kinds of traditions in the past that that did occur when a global annihilation of the species occurred, as I said, an Atlantis-type destruction. Mm-hmm. And it it surfaces from time to time. It makes interesting reading. I have to give that. And this whole idea of the Darrow and the Tarot. So part of the entities are on our side. But the other part, that's why I say warning to future man. They kind of warn us against going heavy on creating robots. And you notice how there's been kind of a backlash on that that whole the whole uh, robot concept of... Yes. Yeah, will they think? Can they think? Well, uh... well I mean, some of we already got <laughs> you know. I don't. We've already got Watson. Watson scares me a little bit. I mean, he's a little bit too much in the yeah. mainstream right now. And right, I'm like I want to tell those people, stop it. Yeah, stop it. That's enough. That's enough. He's too realistic. And, he you know, is. The, and Jap- the Japanese are terrifying. I mean, they're going oh. up with these. Good lord! I mean, you've heard of these robot. <laughs> Robot controls hotels, right? Where, yeah. where everything's autonomous, and it's like, well, no, I want a human being. You know, I mean, yes, yeah, you know, yes. come and on. I, I probably am pushing the button here, so or the line. So tell me, but have you seen those human robot females the Japanese start <laughs> creating? Trust me, on this show, that's not pushing the line. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Yeah, that's that's. that's I mean, are you? There's even a self-controlled one. Okay, there's like. Yeah. A, I'm not kidding. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and yeah, some can, some can talk, and, and yeah. some can moan and groan. And <laughs> I mean, oh my gosh. You know, uh, I just see, you know, a lusty adolescent boy, and he's going to say, "Why should I ever?" Why should I ever meet a woman? Why should I ever get married? Why should I ever have children? I've got Yolanda, my robot here. Oh my God! Well, I oh, mean, man. look how it could happen. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I mean, well, you know, hey, if if we can't if we can't learn from the example of of the Matrix films, I don't know, and, and Star Wars, and and you know, Metropolis, yeah, and yeah, yeah, then I don't know what we're gonna do. I don't All know. the way back to Metropolis, right? That's right, but yeah. It's something as as a former high school teacher and college teacher, but especially high school. Uh, I'm going back, of course. I was teaching in the 50s and 60s. And I know things have changed, and that's good old television, and that's good old Internet and so forth. But I saw that the big problem with boys and girls is that, that at that time, boys were actually afraid of girls. Uh, it was like girls had a separate culture, and they uh, they didn't really need boys. And of course, this is a time, you know, in, in early adolescence, when the, when the girls shoot up like Amazons, and yeah. and the boys the boys haven't got their growth spurt yet, and it does even they're just actually afraid. And and again, I have as I've traveled around the country at that time. I, and converse with people who, you know, say, well, I'd like to get married, but I just don't know how to talk to a woman. I mean, you're 26 years old and you don't know how to talk. I mean, they are human. They are human. But with the robot, you don't have that worry. She's just going to say, oh, yes, you know, and uh, I, I see that. No, I see this. It upsets me. I mean, it really does. No, no, it's true. Listen, all, all kidding aside, no, it's true. It, it, it's terrifying. If you can think, if you think about it, that and it's it's kind of scary. That's the way we're headed. I mean, all I have to say is the word, "Hey Alexa," "Okay Google," "Hey Siri," and yeah. there you go. That's proof right there. With every and you know, all the naysayers can say whatever they want, but which way are we headed, guys? We have already got VR headsets, and I've called it. I've already called this before. And I have a great deal of respect for my dear friend Neil Mant, 
uh, the producer. I know you, I know you you know who that is. And um, you know, with his work on Destination Truth and all that stuff, and and you know, now he's into the VR uh, technology, which I really think is the future of entertainment. I truly do. But you know, uh, how far how far are we going with this thing? Because Alexa is controlling our house now, not mine. I mean, we don't have Alexas here, and I I'm trying to keep it that way. But uh, we no. we won't ha- we won't have it. We won't have it. No, I mean, I I think I think maybe that's. I don't want to talk to a machine and say, hey, you know, I mean, no, if I want to get a bagel, I'll freaking go get a bagel. I mean, I I need to. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) You know, I mean, come on. Oh, boy. Well, you know, listen, Brad, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart so much for taking the time to chat with us today and. Oh, it, you know what? It's it's always a pleasure. It's always an honor speaking with you. And um, um, I, I I'm so happy every time I hear that you're coming out with a book. I, I just oh my gosh, it's like a a little fanboy in me. Like oh my god, you know he's gonna come <laughs> out with another one. So uh, now okay, are these books already available, or or do you know when they'll be available for people to purchase? They them? they are they are only uh, available. As uh, e-books. Okay. Yeah. So if they go to like Amazon or right. something like that, okay. Right. And 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 they and again they're just they're individual um, books that these people that you know people can purchase and whatever. And, and 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 again, guys, this is nothing. I mean, all you have to do is look him up on Amazon. He's got a ton of them. So um, and now, Brad, I'm I'm gonna press you here a tiny bit. Is mm-hmm. there any way that we can entice you to send us a signed copy of one of your books so that maybe we can give away to a lucky fan. Sure. Sure, that's no problem. Wonderful, wonderful. So there you go, guys. Be on the lookout. I will be giving away a signed copy of one of Brad Steiger's books, and that will be going to one of you lucky lucky Steiger fans out there and Graveyard Shift fans. And I can't think of a better gift to give that, that loved one of yours for the holidays. Um, so now, so these are coming out. So now, aside from this, you have the the one about books that, or excuse me, the one about books, the one about ghosts that's coming out, and that's coming out next year, correct? Right. It'll be out about July, and it will be the big Halloween book for us next year. Great, great. So I, All right. <clears throat> go ahead. I, I surely didn't mean that we could talk about any one of the uh, uh, books. These books are, you know, I, I. To me, it's exciting to have uh, one's publisher select what he considers uh, and the staff consider really exciting stories. And as I look through them, you know, I think, well, they've done a good job and there are some good stories there. So um, I'm I'm delighted personally, you know, that this is, I think, really a nice tribute to me. It is. It really is. And it's a deserving tribute, if I may say so. It really is. Well, thank you. Thank Absolutely. You. I mean, I, I, I can't think of, I mean, really, I think people, the one, this is a good way for the people that don't know, maybe the, especially the younger generation, this is a good way for them to know and kind of get introduced to you. And for those of us that have known you for so many years and have read through your books and been fans of yours from the very beginning, I mean, this is just another, another treat, another present. And, you know, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it's wonderful. Well, thank you. And, and I appreciate your saying that. No, of course. You're welcome, sir. You're welcome. Um, so we, we want to thank you again for taking the time, Brad. And we Oh, it's a pleasure. Again. Absolutely. And, um, you know, we'll be in touch, guys. We'll make sure to have Brad on again very, very soon. And uh, we'll, we'll be keeping you in touch with all his news and updates. And, and, Brad, as always, it's absolutely wonderful to hear from you. And, you know, uh, give our love to everybody. And, um, and we'll, well same here. Soon. Same here. And honest to God, really missed you. There you go, guys. That is our interview with Brad Steiger. And what a sweet man. What an amazing person. I hope you guys enjoyed it. It was one of my longest interviews that I've had in a very long time and well-deserved. If anyone that would have that kind of a length with, that would be him. I would like to thank our Facebook fans uh, for sticking in there to the bitter end. I know it's... uh, it can't be, you know, I know it can be, maybe it is enjoyable to watch me 
sitting here and listening. Maybe it is. But anyway, I want to thank everybody for listening. Stay tuned next week. I'll have Mark O'Connell, an author and the Close Encounters man. And uh, we'll be chatting with him next week live on the air. That's it for the Graveyard Shift Talk Show, guys. This is Emmy, and I will see you later. Peace. (laughs) 